Hello fellow gamers and welcome to episode 4 of Next Level. Today we are discussing the future of gaming. Is it digital or will physical copies of games still count for something? Joining me today with his knowledge in this topic is gaming guru Akil Khalil. Hello Akil. Hi Ali. How are you? I'm very well thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So I'm really uh, looking forward to discussing this topic because it's quite a large topic and I think it's the best topic we're going to do yet. And it's a large topic because the future of gaming kind of, it depends what uh, gamers want, digital or physical, and we want that to discuss and want to see what uh, our listeners think. So um, it is the 21st century and despite not having flying cars or anything like old films used uh, used to say, we do have computers on our wrists and we do have games that can download straight to your console. But are digital games really the future instead of physical retail boxes? Despite the clear advancement of technology involved in playing digital games, there are drawbacks that you do not get when you go old school physical. So in this episode, we will be looking at the pros and cons of buying games digitally versus owning physical copies and discussing whether the future of gaming will eventually become fully digitalized. So what are your thoughts on the main battle? You could say battle between digital games and physical games. Oh, well, okay. Well, let me just straight off the bat, just say, um, you know, I've been playing games from my memory will serve you right since 1986. And just obviously you weren't born then, but uh, back in the eighties, we used to have um, different types of gaming, well, gaming PC, should we say. Uh, We had a a Spectrum or a Commodore C64. They were the two uh, common types of uh, gaming PCs. And at the time, um, the only way you could play a game was you'd have a physical case and then you'd have a a cassette. The whole game would be uh, saved on this cassette and then you'd buy it, you'd come home, you'd load load it into the cassette player. It would then take and I kid you not, it would then take roughly two to two and a half hours of loading. And in that time, if you were lucky, you'd have like a little mini game on the screen, you know, like uh, Space Invaders and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, so either you'd have that or you'd have what looked like really creepy lines coming up on the monitor. It'd take ages, but because you could see that, you know, the cover in front of you and think, oh, I'm going to be playing Shinobi, or I'm going to be playing, you know, uh, Golden Axe or Altered Beast or whatever it was you'd wait all that way through because the, the cover would would just essentially uh, you know assist your mind and your urges all the way until it loaded and then you'd have like an 8-bit game which you now see in the retro sections so I remember in the 80s going from that thinking yeah you know this is great and I'd, I'd have a shelf at home you know, with all the different games and things and as I was getting older my parents were buying me games and I, was, I had something, you know, probably in excess of you know, a good 200 odd games by the time the early 90s had kicked in. But then by then, you know, by then, Microsoft and Sony had kicked in and obviously you had Sega, you had the Master System, you, know, you had the Mega Drive, uh, you had the Nintendo 64, you had the Sega Genesis. And all of these, they had something called a cartridge. So we've gone from cassettes to cartridges. And the, again, the game would be a physical game and it'd be stored on this little cartridge. It'd load faster, the graphics would be better. And then, okay. then we had the, 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 you know, the innovation of the Xbox Mark I and then the Sony PlayStation Mark I. And they had discs. And what was great about that was you'd get the game, it'd be in the cover. 
and you're looking at the older back and front thinking of, you see the screenshots of the game and it certainly helped you when you're making a decision when it came to buying the games so you had all these things i've been on this journey from the 80s into the 90s and I, in, incidentally ellie i can tell you a, a story I, I am one of those people who would queue i'd leave the house or work you know 11 o'clock at night there will be me in town with like 50, 60, maybe 150 people queuing for the latest COD game, you know, and you'd be, you'd be excited. You'd be talking to fellow gamers about if they've played the previous iteration of the game or what they're looking forward to. And if you had all these stories, there was a real buzz about it. And then you'd go into the store and then you had a choice, depending on what game it was. You'd either get a collector's edition or a normal edition. And obviously with a collector's edition, you get like, you know, potentially a physical character or, you know, you've seen yourself with steelbooks, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, and there, there's this buzz around it. So I never ever imagined that we would go beyond that into something called digital, right? And then as a console player, mostly, um, I was thinking, this is great. I've got all these games. Um, you know, I've got this massive collection. I think at one point I had something like 300 odd games between two consoles. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's right. And that's between the Xbox 360 and the Sony PlayStation 1. Okay. Um, and then um, we had this service on PC uh, that started to launch called Steam. And what they were doing was essentially packaging these games digitally, where you could have, you'd sign up for an online store. Um, you know, you'd have a library, you'd download it, some games are cheap, and the PC gamers were raving about, oh, look, you know, we've got this now. And at that moment, I never imagined, you know, that we were going to have a situation where even the console games were going to turn digital. Yeah. But, and it's happened. You know, we're in 2020, as you as you put it, and, and it's a great intro. You know, we're talking about the change. You know, I would say that there's been a, a, a remarkable change in the gaming industry from physical to digital. And like you mentioned before about the pros and cons. I mean, I, I, from my from where I'm going right now is, you know, the, the pros of having a, a digital game. So from I've gone from this journey of having all these physical games, one of the pros of having a digital versus a physical game is, is definitely the convenience. I mean, you can buy and install a digital game from your console or your PC or whatever gadget you have. And in some cases, actually, the re new release games, you, they allow you to preload them if you've pre-ordered them so you know for example let's just say the new cod game is going to come out and you can't play it until you know one minute past midnight so rather than standing in a queue waiting to get that copy sony and microsoft allowed you to preload it and you can then in, in manage the entire game all there in your hard drive i think that for me is one of the pros of having a, a, a physical sorry having a digital copy of a physical game yeah, digital games, they are incredibly convenient. And I mean, in times like these with the coronavirus pandemic and and, and lockdown and quarantine, uh, they, they are becoming more useful because less people want to go out to shops to buy physical games and they, or, and they want to have the convenience of, instead of ordering them online and waiting for them to deliver, just going to the to the store, the in, uh, the console store, the PC store, the online store, and then just having them to download. And then on consoles, you could actually play games while they are downloading, and that is a yeah. big uh, that is a big pro that's um, advanced through the years. Um, like like you said in the, in the 80s and 90s, you you'd have to wait. You might have a mini game, but normally you just have to wait a long time. But now with the PS4 and the, now the PS5 is coming out and the Xbox Series X, you can actually play uh, the games while other games are downloading. And that's an incredible pro. Another, uh, yeah, another uh, reason for buying digital is that you will never lose them. And uh, yeah, this is true because uh, on your PS4 account or an Xbox account, I don't play Xbox a lot. I know you do, so uh, 
you can take the lead there. But uh, with the PS4, you can just buy a game and then it will be saved to your account. And then when you put uh, uh, use your account on a different uh, PS4 console, uh, then your your games will still be there, but you'd have to re-download them. Obviously, that will take a lot of time, but it, it's just crazy how you wouldn't have to rebuy the game or read uh, or uh, having to take them from the store again and then put them back into your library or just be there straight away. And so that's another big pro. Yeah, I totally agree. I think just to, just to add to that as well, you know, you mentioned about COVID. You know, I'm one of these people who uh, is a little bit wary of people touching my stuff. So you know, you won't be sharing your your games as well, would you, with, with, with your friends? Because you're thinking, oh, well, I can't give this person my game. You know, what if it comes back and it's not in its correct state, or you're worried about all the safety issues surrounding that? But yeah, I agree with you. Coming from uh, about um, never losing them and, um, and so forth, what I will say to you about the PlayStation uh, element that you just mentioned and Microsoft, one of the key other elements, and certainly is a, for me, it's a big tick in the box for um, digital, is is the cross buying. So you can actually. For example, you know, uh, certain digital games, once you buy them, you can play them across multiple platforms. So for example, you know, you have uh, Xbox Play Anywhere, right? So you have titles such as Gears of War 4 or Middle Earth Shadow of War. Um, once you buy that, you can play that across Xbox One and PC. And with PlayStation, you have games such as Darkest Dungeon or Super Meat Boy, which you can play on PS4 and PS Vita. Yeah, that's a, another big pro for digital. But then, as you said that you don't like people touching your games or touching your stuff, the, a pro for physical games is that you can actually lend and borrow them. And I imagine in the 80s and 90s that uh, with, with friends or with family, uh, with relatives, you would actually uh, borrow games from each other and lend games and say, I'll trade this one for that one. And I imagine yes. that happened. Yeah. And yeah. That's the, I mean, don't forget, I mean, I, I caveat that with obviously COVID. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, lending is all part of the fun, isn't it? You know, you, 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 know, you may have a friend of yours who might have, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed game or, or a Call of Duty game that they've just recently got and you're thinking well I'll, I'll get the other version of it if I can play that one so you're kind of like helping each other out in that. yeah totally agree with you yeah I think the other element here as well um, with, the, with the lending as well is that you have uh, rental companies um, game rental companies there's not many around anymore now but certainly in the 90s and the, and the in the 2000s I used to use and as well as buying physical games, I used to rent a lot of games. So if, if there was games I just wanted to play and I wanted to just do the campaign, but I just couldn't be bothered with like buying it and then having to go and sell it or whatever, I'd actually rent games too. So there was that other pro for buying your physical, well, they've actually bought the physical game, but that is a pro for physical games where you can actually rent them. Okay. You can't do that with digital games. The, digital games are all about a license you literally buy the license and the other thing to know which is quite important is you don't actually own a digital game you own the license and as soon as you if you breach the terms of service for the company that you're using that game platform on um you know they can void your license for that particular game and voila it's uh, it's gone yeah and um talking about uh, money wise and financial wise with physical games you could say the discounts are actually more frequent so uh um just giving an example so amazon prime members they get 20 percent off when you buy new physical releases as do american people with uh, best buy gamers club accounts and uh, going physical also gives you the option to buy used games now this is a big market so uh, you can talk about ebay and you can talk about other websites where um, people say, oh, "I've finished this game. Uh, maybe they've 100 percented it, got all of the all of the awards." And they say, "I don't want this game anymore. I'll sell it." And they sell it for much cheaper than the actual game would be. I remember when um, um, 
I found FIFA 15. That was a while ago, actually, like five years ago. I found FIFA 15 on eBay, and it was like it was so much. I got it for like six pounds, and uh, then it was like 30, 40 pounds in uh, the actual shops, brand new. And so buying used games are, are really be- beneficial compared to digital games, where there's not a way to rent or buy used ones. But I mean, you could say that. I don't know, uh, with digital digital games, you could have codes and then maybe you could sell those codes to give the game, but I, I'm not sure. But yeah, that's Ooh. the... That's interesting. The other thing to add as well, uh, just talking about, you know, the second-hand used market, don't forget, as a gamer, you know, you know, if you sell your... A lot of these uh, you know, game shops, they allow you to sell your game to them and then allow... They give you more credit for a new game rather than and less money if you just if they buy the game from you so there's a pro there isn't it so you pay 50 pounds for a game let's say for five minutes eight and then you sell it for you know 38 pounds but they'll like they'll make give you an extra few pounds because you'll take that as credit versus a new game so you kind of always there's a there's a, a secondary option there as well so yeah definitely uh, physical games have that advantage you are right more often than not physical yeah. games will have more discounts that being said, you know, as I'm sure you see yourself, I look at it on the uh, Xbox Marketplace, the PlayStation Store, uh, in Apple Arcade, um, you know, the Nite- Nintendo Store, uh, Steam, so on and so forth. I see all the time, continuously, there are so many sales now. You know, yeah. and, I, and unfortunately, I am a victim of just buy, 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 buy. And, you know, it's just one of those things I have a have a large collection of games <laughs> probably won't play most of them but uh, it's just one of those things <laughs> yeah and I, from, I, I find it really convenient I'll be honest with you. yeah and uh, yeah so do I I mean with uh, digital games like we mentioned before that they are really convenient but uh, when you ha- buy lots of games you have the issue this is a con uh, if you could say you have the issue of storage space and you mm-hmm. could you could um, uh, buy the better ps4s with like one terabyte or 500 gigabytes and you could buy those but then if you keep buying digital games then that storage space will eventually get diminished and um you could do things where you add them to your library but you don't actually download that's what i do with my ps plus game so um uh, ever since i got ps plus i download the games i really want to play like nba uh, 2k20 rise of tomb raider and um uncharted the the um the nathan drake collection those games are download but you can the you actually have the option to add them to your library and then download them at a later date and that is a really huge advantage but when you do eventually run out of storage space you have the issue of either having to uninstall some other game to replace this game or you have to buy extra storage space via um you could buy those 500 gigabyte passports or something like that and those would uh, uh, increase the storage space but there there is that issue of storage space with digital games yes but i would counter that and say you know most consoles now so certainly the uh, the current um, xbox and playstation and the future versions to come they all require physical discs to be loaded and uh, onto the machine now for faster uh, uh, loading screen, uh, screens so even if you have a disc 99% in fact yeah 99% of that game so 50 60 gig is still going to get installed on the machine so that it can load faster when you play the only reason why it asks you for the disc again is to check the license that you've got a legitimate copy okay okay yeah um, and, and I, the I, other I, thing I will add the other thing I will add as well is I mean <laughs> everybody would love uh, Ali to have you know 10 terabyte space or, you know or in fact an, an infinite amount of space uh, space online so you can have, you can look at all of your um, 
game collection in front of you but it's it's just one of these um it's, it's just one of these things isn't it where you have to manage your library whether you like as you mentioned that you have a terabyte or, or if you have more than that or less than that it's just one of those things and the reason that is because as high definition gaming and uh, we're asking for better graphics we're asking for better music we're asking for more levels more data all of this turns into huge files if you look at your you know your current i don't know which game you play at the moment let's just say it's call of duty you, if you have a look at that you're probably looking at 90 90 gig file yeah uh, it's actually more. The, yeah there you go because you've got your expansion packs you've got your your lots you've got the um you know you got the campaign and all these things stored on there and it's just and it takes up space like you mentioned um you just get used to it i suppose as long as you've got the same files saved in your save data then yeah. you can always download it the only thing i will say say though is that you need to have decent uh, internet speeds you know 100%. downloading digital games is convenient but if you don't have a good internet connection you can end up spending all day installing a single game but meanwhile physical games you install them from a disc or in the case of Nintendo Switch, you, you, you don't have to install at all. So you should be able to get them on console fairly quickly, regardless of how fast your connection is. But spe- internet speeds are really, really important now. Yeah, yeah. You have different services coming up, haven't you? Uh, Google's got its own service. So it requires, even though they'll say to you, look, you, you need at least five megabytes speed. But you'll notice yourself as someone who plays and streams data on your on your devices that you do need a decent internet connection to really be able to enjoy yourself when you're using da- digital data yeah 100 percent. and i mean uh going back to the point of storage space i mean you can um there is like i think it's unlimited storage space with the google stadia because they store everything in the cloud i think yeah. it is unlimited but i'm not sure um but uh yeah so talking about the internet connection is that with um as you said with physical games you can just install them from the disc but also uh oh, i forgot what i was going to say now but uh yeah you don't have to worry about internet speeds with physical games um the truth is with physical and digital games many gamers do a mix of both sometimes you yeah. see a physical deal that you can't pass up and other times they'll just want to download destiny 2 without having to leave the house and as i said before really convenient in in this lockdown there's no wrong way to enjoy games but it's certainly worth keeping in mind the pros and cons now moving on to our second topic about whether the future of gaming will become fully digitalized so what are your thoughts on that Akil? yeah i think uh, i think the way the world is going um unfortunately i'm quite a lot older than you <laughs> and I've, what i've seen is that technology has advanced so much i mean you know the thing uh, you know of having electric cars and autonomous driving as an example was something people just thought oh yeah you know it's going to happen in the future but it's here now similarly now with gaming you know i have virtual reality i've got a sony uh, psvr system you know when you all of that realized you know most of my games and things are all digital on that as well but the reason why i mentioned this is because technology all the time is evolving so you're going to have you know apple is working on a set of glasses you know microsoft's done the same uh, so companies are always looking at new ways of doing things and all of it is digital all of it is in the most of it in fact is in the cloud and most of it is also about a the the least amount of physical um you know equipment an individual needs to be able to access something far away so in this case games so you know i, I can foresee in a, maybe five ten years from now there'll be a console by these manufacturers and maybe others as well where there will be no more uh, physical games it will all be digital and one of the reasons i think this is is because of uh, the example of music so if you look at apple music spotify youtube music etc they ask you know, when you buy the music 
again you are buying your license that's how they make money and i think in the future that's what's going to happen and the reason why i mentioning this is because as an individual if you buy uh, you know let's just say uh, grand theft auto or um you know fifa or whatever it is if you buy this as an individual ali and you buy it digital and then i buy it they made money twice and then if, if that's the only model that they have um they're going to carry on making more money that way than they will physical because they'll sell more copies of it right yeah so i in, in my opinion i think i don't know when but i do believe you know the future will be fully digital and that will be for everything and i think games is just, it's just going to happen we're so reliant now on the internet we're so reliant on fast speeds we all want really really amazing graphics you only have to look at uh, the xbox series x and the playstation 5 one of the key things that you learn from that is that they have really pushed the boundaries when it comes to graphics and and the capability of what you're going to be able to now do in your own homes and soon we'll have you know, 8k tvs are going to be normal all of this stuff is all geared around having you know really really fast internet speeds and we got 5g it hasn't happened in the uk yet once that kicks in you don't even you have home broadband so you know you have all these things coming i cannot foresee a digital future sorry a physical future for 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 the, the gaming disc or the cartridge but i i think um i agree with you there that you can't um it doesn't look like it's going to happen but i mean like i could think that many people would love to keep their physical copies and i think one thing that would be great is if in the future that and i'm saying near future because i think it would be is quite near uh, fully uh, digital digitalization um but it would be great if you could take your physical copies of games and you could uh, trade them in for the digital copies and that would be really good because when uh, yeah that would be great uh, that would be great because then i um like you said you have lots of physical copies of games and um i have uh, i don't have a lot but i have a few and it would be annoying that um when digitalization comes like fully then i wouldn't be able to use these copies anymore and i feel that a future market would be just having consoles that only use physical copies and there might be a new uh, company coming out that just use physical copies and that would be i feel like it would have less bias than the sony or microsoft or nintendo but it would still because of a uh, physical copies would then become re- retro game discs and cartridges cartridges they would then become retro and i think then it would be, uh, turn into a market yeah i mean just to add to that about you mentioning retro you know sega have the master, uh, mega drive you can buy as a small console to go through that retro vibe however you know microsoft and sony themselves have pushed digital versions of their consoles not through demand because that's what they 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 they've pushed it because that's what they see the model going themselves and I've got two digital consoles at home and I've got one physical disc and I know when the two new next gen consoles come out the Xbox and the PlayStation I'm going to go digital completely I'm not going to get anything with physical discs and I think um I mean I totally get what you're saying but you have let's let's look at this from another angle as well you know Sony's realized and Microsoft realized that there's more money to be made here and one of the ways they've done that is they've introduced and it, Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Now. Yeah. These two service offerings are you know, they allow people, okay? It's essentially a subscription service um and it allows you to access games, hundreds of games I suppose in this case, um uh, at the at the tip of your, at the uh, uh, tip of your fingertips, right? And just for, you know, for a small fee every month, you can access um, you know, different games albeit 
Um, some of them have exclusives uh, on their title uh, in their stores, uh, etc. Um, what I will say is that in in this current state, Microsoft is definitely ahead. The Xbox Game Pass is certainly ahead of PlayStation now, purely because uh, purely because of the quality of the games that they have. Okay, but Sony is actually pulling back quite quickly at the moment because it's really, really doing well in terms of the titles it's pushing out. It's also dropped the uh, monthly fee um, uh, for the for, for for what it charges. I mean. At, you know, at the moment, PlayStation now allows you to stream something like, correct me if I'm wrong, Ali, 500 plus games in its library. Yeah, I think and, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and you have a choice to download them to your PC or your PlayStation 4 hard drive, which is just brilliant, you know. Um, game Pass, though, only has the capacity for members members to download the games to the PC or Xbox One hard drive, and it has a much more reduced amount of time um, that you can play them. Something it, it, I something like 30 days you have to play an Xbox uh, Game Pass game where it's, it's quite a number of months I can't recall right now you can with, with Sony and, and I, what I, what, the reason why I mention this is because again we're looking at physical digital there'll be people out there who don't have a gaming collection or there'll be people out there who recently sold their physical game collection for whatever reason they've got the money they've put it towards a console and thought actually I still like playing that game but now I can see on this subscription service I'll just sign up to this and I can just see these just building and building and building. Yeah. I don't know about you. What's your thoughts? Um, I uh, I think it takes away the disadvantage of digital games of having to wait for the download time because with mm. these streaming services, you can just literally go. I remember I did a free trial of PS Now, and I remember I um played Spider Man, Marvel Spider Man, and I just streamed it, and it was it was amazing how quickly I I just had to wait. I think it was six or seven seconds. To just actually start playing the game, and albeit the quality wasn't the best PC-wise because um, uh, uh, of you're streaming it, obviously. So sometimes the resolution would go to a tiny bit, sometimes that it would you would lag a bit. But it is 100% the way to go, and I think that uh, Microsoft and Sony, as you said, Microsoft maybe slightly more in my opinion are paving the path for digitalization, and I think that um, I, I don't really want physical copies to go because I love the actual hype of having to actually having the steel books like you said or even just the normal uh disc art or the actual uh, mm. cover art and uh yeah i think on digital um digital copies you'd lose the actual nostalgia um if I yes i agree with you definitely yeah. i mean i've still got i mean to give you an example i've got uh well, I remember when Fallout 3 first came out, I still got the little bobblehead, I've got the lunchbox, I've got quite a few of the things, I've got Gears of War stuff, I mean I'm a really big Gears of War fan, and um, I really like these little things that you get, little trinkets, you know, it's really, really cool, but what I will say is um, Microsoft has certainly set the bar, if anybody has watched the full Xbox Series X reveal, what you'll see there is all of the games, and this is what really blew me away, Ali, all of the games will be available on Xbox Game Pass, I mean, these games would normally be, you know, 40 to what, 50 to 60 pounds each. And now with that one fee, you're going to be able to play these games. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I think uh, one question that I have and I'm hoping to find the answer to is that uh, regarding backwards compatibility, will this still, will then in the future, will a digital copy just be, there won't be any physical copy. So let's say you had the uh, Xbox 360. Uh, game, a physical copy that you wanted to put into the Xbox Series X, would that work or would it just be digital copies of Xbox 360 games that you just have to play and download on the Xbox Series X? 
That's a good question. Um, I think time will tell. Um, yeah. But having said that, though, as well, at some point, as much as I love retro games and you know, I love my Xbox 360. I spent so many hours on that. You know, um, I think it's scary if I was to ever admit how many hours I've played on the Xbox 360. But at some point, just like with all technology. Um, there's going to be a cutoff point where it's no longer going to be supported. It may not be in Xbox Series X, but let's just say we go a few generations ahead. Of course, they're going to stop supporting it. They have to because the GPU, the CPU, is all going to be different, and you know it's it just doesn't make any sense. So you may end up in a situation where you think, well, actually, do you know what? I still love my gaming collection, and I don't need to sell all this stuff. I may just keep it as nostalgia. But then where are you going to store it all? You may have 150 games, a console, blah, 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 all the rest of it. You may have no story. So it goes back to my argument with digital. And I do think there is, by the way, there is a lot of games out there which are already back with compatibility with digital. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, so- yeah, there's, um, I remember, I think it was, I saw on the PS Store, I think it was some old, uh, Sega games uh, it's not necessarily backwards compatibility but it was some really old Sega games like 8-bit 16-bit games and you could buy like a whole 60 game version of them on the PS Store and that's not necessarily backwards compatibility but it's still cool that you could actually do that digitally and only have yeah. to wait uh, uh, only have to wait like an hour or two for them to download and then you could play I mean for uh, people like you are older um, you would <laughs> that, 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 that's not a dig that's not a dig <laughs> But uh, it would um, it would be great to actually be able to play these games uh, on a, uh, a console, like on a modern console. And even if I remember uh, my first episode when I talked about the console war between PS5 and Xbox Series X, one listener said that it, it might not be better to play these old games in uh, better graphics. And I um, and I knew I knew you disagreed with that because people may like to actually play these games, but in a better version of how they were then. And it would be just—it would just be amazing to see those games uh, advance to these better graphics and therefore better gameplay. And I think it would be. Epic. I, I agree with you. Uh, just just to interject there, I, what I will add is I—you I, know how I've got all the consoles, and one of them is the Nintendo Switch, right? Yeah. Recently, I bought the um, Sega Mega Drive collection, and all of those games I used to play in the 80s. These are the games I was describing to you about the cassette, right? I'm telling you, I was so happy when I saw these on that screen. I was playing it, they looked great, the music, the nostalgia. I was like, yes, I'm, I'm eight years old again, or six years old, and I'm playing these games. It just, it was brilliant. And to be able to do that in 2020, so many years on, it's just fabulous. And I think there's always gonna be a market for retro games. And if they're gonna upscale them to HD, allow you to play them. You know, you got stuff like Double Dragon. I mean, wow, I mean, King of Fighters, the original Street Fighters. I mean, I could go on Streets of Rage. I mean, I don't know if you play the new Streets of Rage 4 games. It's excellent, right? Have, and it's all them. these, it's, it's fantastic. And you know, all these games, um, you know, I suppose it just gives you that, and I never expect much more than what they are, but you get, you get, you know, you get pleasantly surprised that you go back, you go and you have that nice nostalgia journey, but you enjoy playing the game for what it is. I never, I never look at it thinking, oh my god, I can't believe they've done this and it doesn't look great. It was, it's, it's, it wasn't designed to look great. It's, it's retro. Yeah. It's never going to look as good as it's going to look now because technology's moved on. And as long as you can accept that for what it is, and certainly like as you mentioned, my age, someone of my age, Ali, who enjoyed them <laughs> games, I'm going to love them forever anyway. <laughs> yeah. And um, my last point on uh, 
the full digitalization, if I can speak, in the near future, is that uh, Google Stadia's approach to this is storing everything in the cloud. And I think it, it didn't get a lot of traction, um, if I may say, because it was a new console that came in while Microsoft and Sony were still the top competitors, and they still are Microsoft and Sony. But it, it still it had a small game collection, and the game library is growing. And I think it may have a chance to go uh, take Nintendo Switch out or take even maybe Microsoft and Sony, take them out and uh, take the top three consoles or top three gaming uh, platforms uh, out and take the top three spot because um, the fact that you have unlimited storage space is something that you, um, I think will become more evident and more prevalent in the future. And I think it's a big thing that um, you could uh, buy and download all of these games and you could just keep doing it over and over. Whenever a new game comes out, pay for it, download it, there you go, you'll have it forever. and. You'll and you'll never run out of storage space and i think that's a big big advantage and um maybe in the five or six years uh it will still be uh, it will be there will be no physical copies and there will be no storage space it will just be uh through the cloud and i think uh if that does happen that would be a big advantage and it would actually help everyone a lot uh through storage space wise yeah i mean that, that's, that's a good point actually I mean, I mean companies like steam steam is a huge company um, for PC gaming, and you know, you have them doing their, their, what they're doing. I think Google is a major player. There's no doubt about that. They still have the other issue you have with Google as well is that you know there are issues around it. People want whether they trust it as a brand for gaming, but I think they will overcome that once, as you mentioned about getting all the latest games. If they can, if they can get all the, the, the new upcoming releases coming out into the platform. And they can convince the casual gamer. So, you know, people like me and you, the casual gamers, who, uh, you know, if they can convince them to come over onto their platform, they are going to do really, really well. Yeah, I agree. So, um, listeners, let me know what type of game, digital or physical, you prefer by leaving me a voice message on the Anchor app, or you can visit my Facebook page. On Wednesday's episode, I'll be doing a solo episode with no guests, and I'll be talking about the latest gaming news. We'll be starting a little mini-series, I'll be doing it weekly, talking about the latest gaming news and everything that you guys need to know and want to know. Thank you for listening. I have been Ali Suleiman, my guest Akil Khalil, and this is Next Level. <laughs>